0: Welcome back to a new episode of Jory's Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Jory, and today we're back with another jam-packed episode. On this edition, we'll break down the NFC and AFC West. We'll discuss the free agency madness and more, plus an announcement towards the end of this week's episode. Tune in and let's get it. to kick off this week's episode, we'll dive into the less than great NFC West. So both the Rams and the Cardinals had a ton of drama and extraness with not a lot of winning to go with it. The Seattle Seahawks were this year, this division's pleasant surprise this year. And the 49ers did pretty much exactly what we all expected for them to do. But there's still some questions that need to be asked, discussed and answered. So tune in. And the first team we're going to talk about today in the NFC West, we're going to talk about the Rams. And they had just won last season's – well, not this season – last season's Super Bowl, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, they were 5-12. and 12. They were third in the NFC West. They only averaged 18.1 points per game. Matthew Stafford did not necessarily play too well this year, but he also got hurt. Um – Your defense wasn't the same. For whatever reason, you had mostly the same parts. You just switched out Von Miller for Bobby Wagner and we missed the playoffs. And I mean, we, I mean, I'm talking about the Rams. They allowed almost 70% of their passes to be completed against them. Their secondary was vulnerable and very torturable. And yes, that is, I'm just being very honest when we're talking about the Rams. They didn't play too well. This season was an absolute travesty, by all accounts. Um, the other side of the of the bump them picks type of mentality showed up because this team got hurt. This team did not have any depth. Lack of depth. They didn't do anything well at all. Your offense couldn't do much. Your line couldn't keep Stafford off the ground. He started turning the ball more, turning the ball over more, excuse my language, grammar. And he ultimately got injured. You couldn't really run the ball well either. And the thing about not being able to run the ball, because this past season, it's, I don't remember, is they tailored to Cam Akers. He threw this whole big old hissy fit, acting like a, you know what he did. He wasn't acting like it. he was being a little sissy about it, but they gave him what he wanted. They didn't trade him. And they still couldn't run the ball very well. And your defense wasn't the same. Didn't really intimidate anybody. Your corners and safeties look very vulnerable. Now, here we are again. It's almost draft draft time. You find yourself in a precarious situation. With draft capital and things of that nature. Now you're getting rid of players that you just traded to get. Now you're just making moves based off of you need draft capital. You need space. You need this. Because you need to fix this team. Granted, they won a Super Bowl. And if you ask me, that's all that matters. All, All of that was worth. All of this that they're going through now. If you ask a lot of them, it was worth being able to get the Super Bowl. You already traded away Jalen Ramsey to Miami. We'll hear what I think about that on later. But this team, another thing I want to talk about this team is with John McVay being, there was times last year that he was visibly despondent and looked dejected. And from, now when the coaching is, the, your head coach is contemplating walking away and you could see him being Just looking at the team like... huh? And it's due to the lack of cohesion. And it was due to the lack of success. It's something else. That... Was frightening. Because we didn't know if he was going to come back. This team is definitely in a rebuilding situation. But... This team this coaching staff, the players that are still there after all of this madness goes around, they're going to have to do a real soul check, if you ask me. Because the Rams, Aaron Donald, he did what he did, but he wasn't Aaron donald Um. Jalen Ramsey got torched quite a bit this year. Um... Matthew Stafford turned the ball over. Your running game was absolute garbage. I feel like I've already said these things, but it just all fell apart. To say the least, what did could go wrong for the Rams, did go wrong for the Rams. It just all fell apart this season. But the only way they can go is up at this point, I believe. Next, we're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals who were just as bad, if not worse. They were 4-13, 4th in the NFC West, 20 points a game, 21st in the league. Uh, Where do I start with the Cardinals? Well, they fired Cliff Kingsbury because Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray weren't getting along, and they had already committed to Kyler Murray long-term, even though Kyler Murray kind of bought Cliff's. Cliff Kingsbury along, but that's neither here nor there. He got on fire. Period. Point blank. And... Again, your defense is also almost allowing 70% completion rate. That's not good. Minus Buddha Baker. Who else is in that backfield? Not backfield. Who else is... You know what I'm trying to say. Who else... Is not vulnerable. Your line was shaky. JJ Watt was old and he was still doing what he was supposed to be doing, but he's old and he just retired. Um your defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. They definitely really couldn't stop the run at all. This team, period, just from my point of point of perspective. This team is a mess, and clearly, Kyler and Cliff had run his course. The defense is sorely lacking, minus a few bright spots. And now, I'm just gonna say it: Kyler Murray's reputation is that of a spoiled brat. He had a homework clause in his contract. Who does that? Because he doesn't do any much any studying. And now. Well, they put that in there because he doesn't study. I don't know if it made its way onto onto the field or whatnot, but that caused tensions. And so now we're going into the new year with a new head coach and a new GM. Now here's where they really need to improve at. They need a better offensive line. To protect their investment. Since they decided to go all in on Kyler Murray. They need to protect him. With a better offensive line. So that he's not running wildly. And all over the place all over the time. Unless you want him to. But I feel like the Cardinals need to relieve Kyler of his legs at times, because otherwise we'll have another thing of what's going on with Lamar Jackson minus the big contract because he got his contract first. But they need better—they need better corners and safeties. Your defensive line is aging; is not as good, so they need to beefing that up. Uh, let's see. Failures for the Cardinals. Their free agent wide receivers and traded wide receivers have quite the tales behind it. Mister Chosen. Anderson was a waste, absolute waste of time. Hollywood was hurt and he was, he'll still be there. But when Nook DeAndre Hopkins wasn't suspend, suspended, he showed up though. And now that he wants out, the DeAndre Hopkins experiment can be labeled as a fail. This team was plagued on so many levels. So many levels. And I like I just said, they need to run the ball better outside of Kirk, Kyler. Kyler, again, tore his ACL last year. Coming off of that ACL, we would like, I would think somebody with some sense in that organization. And I know Monty Ossofort has some, has some sense. He came from the Titans. So, somebody with some sense in that organization should find a way to alleviate the stress he puts on his legs. Protect him so he can see the field better. So that they don't look like a hot mess. I believe that the Cardinals, they got some work to do. They do got some work to do. And on to better things, let's talk about the pleasant surprise of this division. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They were 9 and 3rd in the NFC West, 23.9 points per game, 9th in the league. Now, with the Seahawks, they didn't really do anything special. It's just how Geno DK did what DK do. Gino was a pleasant surprise. He carried the team when he was supposed to carry the team. He did what he was supposed to do. He was actually playing like an MVP early in the season. Don't take my word for it. Take my eyes for it. Um, let's see. Now, one thing about Seattle right now is offensively, they have BK, BK Metcalf. They have Tyler Rocket, I still believe. They I still believe I do believe they still have him. They need another running back. The offensive line is what it is. I feel like as far as we're gonna talk about the Seattle Seahawks, we're gonna talk about their offensive line. They just resigned the Reed. They need better defense. I mean, the LOB days in Seattle are clearly gone. But, and over with, but they allowed over 6,000, they allowed pretty much 6,150 yards this season. And they allowed pretty much five yards per carry when it comes to running the ball. So what that tells me is that they need to improve running the ball, which is that improve in defending running the ball, which is why they just re-signed Darren Reed. He's an Alabama boy. I'm always watching him. They could probably get some better receivers over there while they're at it. And it's very clear to me because they just signed Juno you know, to that three-year meal meal deal is that he's a bridge quarterback. So they're going to be drafted for the future pretty soon here. So that's kind of interesting to see where they take that. But like I said, they did surprisingly well this year without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith clearly had the better year, had the year of their life. They knew something that we all didn't because who would have who would have um predicted predicted that Russ looked horrible, but we'll talk about his division in just a second. They can use some help at my receivers, DK and Tyler Lockett. And whoever the tight end is can't be the only one. And Tyler Lockett is aging, like I said. I want to talk about Jamal Adams. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Jamal Adams because his injury in history is quite concerning. When we'll be able to see what the Seattle Teahawks did that big old trade for, because it's looking like it was a bust and it was a flop and that he's going to end up on his way out of there if he doesn't stay healthy. I believe Jamal Adams is still a quality cornerback, a quality safety, a quality tackler. But he can't stay healthy, and that's going to affect his ability to stay on somebody's roster at this point in his NFL career. Again, that defense in the run game could use some help because you could run the ball all day on Seattle. You could really pass the ball, too. That defense gave up a lot of acres this year. And now we're in the predicament of retelling um, the Seahawks that they need better linebackers, and they just gave away Bobby Wagner. Well, they let Bobby Wagner go. And Bobby Wagner's a free agent now, too, I believe. I have to recheck my sources, but it's been a crazy day. But they need better quality linebackers. Quadre Diggs can do what he can do. Jamal Adams, when healthy, can do what he can do. They need better defense in the middle of the field. Period, point blank. And now we're going to talk about the first Pelé's San Francisco 49ers who have some questions of their own. They are 13-4. and They were first in the NFC West. They averaged 26.5 points per game, which is sixth in the league with a 66% completion rate. And they could run the ball. And Brock Purdy showed us that he was reliable. And that defense was amazing. Only allowed 277 points. That's pretty hard to do when you have teams that are getting four hundred and ninety points, four hundred and five points da, 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 in the season, and you're only allowing two hundred and seventy-seven points. That's you're allowing under three hundred points. That's pretty much a quality defense. They only they allowed 20 pass touching down, pass touchdowns, 20 interceptions, a pretty one to one ratio. That's pretty good. That'll win you games. You see how, I mean, they their season ended in Philadelphia because Philadelphia was the better team. But the Niners were rightfully a good Super Bowl pick. Now, and there's no dealing, there's no Hiding that Kyle Shanahan is a genius. Especially when it comes to formulating ways to run the ball. They went and got Christian McCaffrey. And went on a tear. With Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey. What's his face? Purdy. But this team also has its own concerns. Its own sets of concerns. They need a reliable quarterback at this point, period. Point blank. Brock Purdy, maybe. Trey Lance, maybe. But Trey Lance has been hurt. Pro- Brock Purdy has now been hurt. They need somebody that they can trust to not stay healthy, to not stay on the injury report. That's what I meant. They got rid of Jimmy G. What? What's their next motive? Most, what's their next move? I'm trying to figure out their range of motion at this point. Are we sticking with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? Or are we going out to get a better veteran quarterback? Or are we going in the draft to, to find a quarterback that can stay healthy? Who knows? Because with the draft coming up, it's either hit or miss. We all know that. And they're reloading and rebuilding that defense. Hopefully, they can stay healthy. This team has a lot of. This team has a lot of injuries. They can't stay healthy at all. And what I think, and a lot of people, people probably think, because we've seen the 49ers progress from what they were to what they are, and all the work that the front office and staff and company has been putting in. We've seen that. We all know that this team needs a Super Bowl to win, to cap off all of this building and growth that we've we seen throughout these years. We know what they need. The one thing that's going to end up standing in their way is how healthy can they stay? Period, point blank. That's going to affect a lot because the 49ers have been riddled with injuries for the past few years. That's my biggest concerns. Next, another division where the bottom two teams clearly don't have it together. Drama, headlines, and again, not a lot of winning to go with it. But at least we got a Super Bowl champion from this division, and there's another underwhelming, underperforming, but very talented team in this division as well. We're talking about the AFC West. Let's ride. First, we're gonna talk about the reigning champions, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, who went fourteen and three first in the AFC West, averaging 29.2 points per game, which was first in the league. Now, we all know what the Chiefs are, clearly. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is clearly one of the greater quarterbacks of this generation, of this time period, at this point. We all know that what he's capable of doing. What I am just now realizing, and maybe I've just been slow. Well, not slow, but just now kind of getting my... Putting it together. But not only is Patrick Mahomes extremely talented, he develops his receivers. Like, he will he can develop his receivers. You see what Tyreek Hill is doing. He pretty much saved Juju's career. Um, They lost him to free agency as well. And Patrick Mahomes is that type of quarterback that you can give him a receiver and he can make it work. He's just that talented. And that defense, while it looked shaky at the at the beginning of the season, which is typical because it's the beginning of the season, the defense, when you count when they needed it, when the when they needed it, they could clamp down and stop the off the opposing offense, which is what they did to Philly. They managed to figure out how to shut down Jalen Hurts and that offense. While they couldn't get anything done, they kept them stuck instead of letting them get those big momentum swingers. But they can be got. They did lose some pieces. They'll gain some pieces. They got tired of Orlando Brown. They got rid of Orlando Brown. They got a very good person. I can't think of his name right now, but they got a very good defensive lineman that goes on the other side of Frank Clark. Which is unfair, but dare I say they have respected a system of developing players. And the fact that when their players leave, their players are pretty much still good when they leave. They're good at developing their players. And again, they'll be Super Bowl play Super Bowl favorites for years to come as long as they have Patrick Mahomes. However, the one co- critique that I have for the for this team is that they need bigger corners and safeties. This team is still vulnerable. They absolutely need Mahomes. None of this happens if they don't have Mahomes. I kid you not. And they did protect Patrick Mahomes a lot better this year. A lot. And now we're going to go from first to worst. Let's talk about the Broncos. And... Save my patience. But last year cannot happen again. Russ has got to play better. I feel like... With what was going on last year, it would have been surprised. surprise. I would have been surprised if he didn't retire. Just took the money and went. Because last year... And people were like, well, it's Nathaniel Hacking Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Russ didn't play necessarily too well. They averaged eight to, they only had 287 points all year. Now, I just applauded the 49ers defense for only giving up 20, 277 points in a year in a season. I'm ridiculing Denver for only scoring 287 points. That's dead last, and they're 16, they only averaged 16.9 points per game which is dead last. Your 25th and in total first downs, you got a 61.9% completion rate, which is not good enough. 18 touchdowns to 15 interceptions is absolutely a travesty. It is absurd. Your 21st in rush and your 28th in rushing touchdowns. You guys turned the ball over a lot. You, Melvin Gordon couldn't, couldn't keep it off the field, couldn't keep it off the ground. Russell Wilson wasn't seeming to feel very well. He was missing reads. He was missing receivers. He didn't want to run. Will you? I apologize about that. But back to what I was saying. Yeah, Melvin Gordon couldn't keep it off the keep the football off the ground. Russell Wilson had problems keeping it out of other people's hands. Um. That can't repeat this year. Both in the field and in the locker room, as much drama came out of Broncos Nation last year, cannot happen. Visible frustration from last year, cannot happen. I mean, look, if they let one of those young receivers like Corton Slutman, blah, 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 like what's his, like Jerry Judy and when Corton Sutton go, Go get a vet, give, Russ could have a better chance. Maybe. With a younger with the younger receiver on one side and a veteran receiver on the other side, he may, he might have a chance. But that he has to play well. He has to be able to see the field. He has to be able to make reads. And now that Sean Payton and company are around and they're controlling all of this extra drama, they're taking stuff away from this man because he's been feeling entitled and he's had this celebrity thing. Celebrity complex about himself, they had to break all of that down. They had to cut that crap out from the n- nip. Because the, the Broncos aren't going to go anywhere with him acting like that and playing like some garbage. You can't be Mr. Celebrity and your team is last in points per game. Dead, dead last. And you get your defense worn out and beat due to constant wear. You need a running back that don't fumble as much, an offensive line that'll keep Russell off the ground, and Russ has got to start seeing the field better again. Last year, we had a lot of sloppy play, a lot of poor game management, and a lot of bad decisions being made, which is why Hackett got the hatchet. That man got fired. This team was a hot mess from top to bottom. You had a championship-caliber defense that was wasted due to no offense. Absolutely no offense. So right now, I do have belief that Sean Payton will be able to at least restore Russ to at least 75% of what he once was. He might not be able to do the whole hundred. That's fine. He doesn't need to be at 100%. He's been in the league for about 10 years. But he needs to be a lot better than what he was last year. 16.6 Sixteen point six points per game. That's about two touchdowns a game. That's gonna get you a five of whatever. What was that record? Six and eleven. Five and twelve. It was one of those. And yes, Nathaniel Hackett was clearly in over his head, and he didn't know what he was doing. And if if we're asked, if we're being quite frank here, if Next year, Russ goes and plays at an all-star level. Nathaniel Hackett should never get a job in the NFL, a head coaching job in the NFL again, because he can't handle it. I have no problem with him being a coordinator, but head coaching is a completely different ball game, and I have because he looked, he had no control of that locker room. He lost that, which I don't think he had in the first place. But come on now. Now, what are things that need to be addressed? Again, last year cannot happen again. Russell will be on the clock after this year. After these next two seasons, Russell will be on the clock. Whether he stays in Denver, he goes, sits down somewhere and enjoys Sierra and all their kids and whatnot, he'll be on the clock after in about two years. You need to they need to address keeping that defense kind of stout. They need to morph the they need to completely morph the off the offense into something that's worth watching. Predictions, I feel like they'll be much better than what they were. I feel like they might be even top two in the in the um division. They might be a slight step under, um Kansas City, if the big if is if Russell decides or if Russell wants to or the big if is Russell needs to play better. If he does play better, they can get there. If he don't, they they don't. Because an exact repeat of this year will happen, and I don't think the uh, the new ownership and the new and the general manager is going to stand for that because the general manager could lose his job. <sighs> That's my spiel about the Broncos, and we're going to go from bad to pretty much another level of bad. Let's talk about the Raiders. Now, people may argue that they did. Derek Carr pretty dirty. I wouldn't necessarily argue that by pulling him those last two games because they didn't want him to get hurt because they didn't want to pay him $44 million, but I understand the business side of it a little bit. Now, to those saying that Derek, he did deserve better than that considering the Raiders never given, had never given Derek Carr a defense. They've as long as I've been alive, they've never had a good defense i'm twenty two um that might have been before I can remember like in two thousand and seven two thousand and eight, they might have had a good pretty decent defense but for the past ten to so years no that defense has been horrible, so they haven't given him a given him a defense. They've barely given him anything on offense. They haven't really drafted Will. All their draftees have kind of fell out of favor. You got some in jail, some in the, at the house, some on different teams, some chilling. So when you don't draft Will and you can't keep talent on your roster and your defense is horrible, how is he supposed to work with that? It's a miracle they got they got to the playoffs one year, and they sniffed the play, sniffed being able to be on the verge of going to the playoffs. He did that. So he deserved a little bit of decency. I do agree with that. But they didn't want to pay him $44 million if he got hurt because he was on his way up out of there. And then they flat out cut him. Um, But that's about Derek Carr. More about the Raiders. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. Sometimes he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, The previous two times, the previous times he's attempted to be a head coach, it hasn't worked out well. He backed out of Indy. Granted, I agree with him backing out of Indy because who wants to coach that um, with that type of owner? Josh McDaniels is a good coordinator. I don't think he's a very good head coach. This team had a lot of penalties. That's a reflection on the coach because you're either coaching it or you're condoning it and penalties will cost you games. And I really want to ask Raider Nation, whoever's listening, that's a part of Raider Nation, why the defense is always so bad. You had a borderline top 10 offense. Your defense can't stop anybody. Your corners or safeties are vulnerable and safeties are vulnerable and you can't stay healthy, you have some talent on the defensive side. You have Max Crosby's. You have Chandler Jones. You have these big old names and whatnot. But a lot of people want to blame this on Derek Carr. Yeah, you could argue that dumping Derek Carr, it was a few years too late, but it's not the only problem that they have. Your defense is absolutely horrendous. Your 26th rate defense, last and forcing turnovers, near last and interceptions. You don't win games by not taking the football, football away. You don't win games by allowing everybody to score up and down the field and drag you up and down the field and running up and down the field. That secondary has to be a lot better than when it was if they're going to do anything. They did not stop much of anything. They didn't stop much of anything. And then... Again, like I said, bringing in Jimmy G is a lateral move talent-wise, but schematically, it's a better fit. Even may be a better fit with chemistry, but it makes sense. Again, last year was a lot of sloppy play, poor game management, bad clock management, and poor decisions being made. And a lot of chaos and catastrophe. And it embodied and a physical embodiment of the lack of success and what to do when your organization is a mess or what not to do when your organization is a hot mess. The Raiders have been a hot mess for about 10 to 12 years. Rid you me not. Kid you not. Talent-wise, offense, yes. Defense, no. And... I feel bad for Devontae Adams because he went to the Raiders because of Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr isn't there. If I were Devontae Adams, I'd be getting out of Dodge. Y'all are in a rebuild. I don't want to rebuild but here. And I feel bad for Josh Jacobs. They just tagged him. If I had a whole bunch of money that I could live off of and I got franchise tagged by the Raiders, I'm like, I'm not playing I'm definitely not playing. And from the Raiders to a talented team, but I think that they're badly coached, which could change. We're talking about the Chargers. Now, I know they blew a 27-point lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I will address that in a minute. But... I just want to make one note about this team is that we are constantly talking about what a threat the Chargers Chargers could be and what if and what that. So when are they going to take the next step? Because it's always some type of issue where they don't take the next step and they fail and they underwhelm and disappoint. Last year, Brandon Staley was going, going for it on fourth and one way too much. This year, he didn't go for it nearly as much and he had some very costly, poor decisions. Coaching decisions. I don't think Brandon Staley is a good coach. This should be the year with offensive court. Now that he has a new offensive coordinator, excuse my tongue tightness, in Kellen Moore, which might take some of his stress off, which, may, which might develop Justin Herbert Moore, bring him up to speed and where he should be. But this year, with Kellen Moore taking some of that kind of pressure off of him so he can run the game better and game management better and make better decisions, this year should be the year he proves himself. Do you belong here or not? Again, the Chargers' defense is absolutely questionable, especially the last time we saw them. That and one thing I do want to say, well, Da, da, da. Carry on. That defense definitely needs to improve, stopping the run. You're not they're not stopping anybody. And then when you're st- not stopping the run, and then one of your best running backs decides to call for a trade. This team may lo- more, lose more key pieces. The defense needs to improve. You got Derman James, you got some key pieces on the offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive side. And you have some talent on the defense, but you, this team is one of those teams that I think has the ability, inability to put it all together at one time. They can't put nothing together. Like the playoff game. They got off hot to a hot start, didn't let Jacksonville score at all. The second half. They went cold, couldn't get nothing going, and then the defense just decided to let up. They can't, like, I remember a few episodes ago, I was talking about the Chargers and their batteries. The only thing about this chart, I'm going to bring the battery analogy back. The only thing about this team, this Chargers team, is their batteries are almost never aligned in the right place. That means that the machine is not going to work. If the coach don't realign these batteries and... Make it work or do some type of electrician work, make these chargers, this chargers team alive and juiced up, it's it's not gonna happen. And you're gonna end up wasting Justin Herbert. And that playoff collapse and was an epic failure. And I'm not just blaming Brandon Staley. I'm blaming the coaching and the players. Because that may have been their best chance to do anything. They had an unrealistic shot and they missed it. And that might have been their best chance to do anything, if you ask me. Because this team is changing. And then, again, with the Chargers. They're very talented. We see the talent and the potential or what they could be. When it comes to offense. But coaching failures, defensive struggles to close out games, and sometimes that offense can be bland, cost this team. It cost them in the last game. I believe that Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore will end up working very well together. He can develop quarterbacks. He kind of sort of developed Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott at this point is what he is, which is turnover prone. And he did throw picks previously. It just weren't at that magnitude or the quantity, but he threw them at the worst points of time. I can give you a whole tape of that if any Cowboys... Wants to defend that. But Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore, I feel like will be a good duo. Because Justin Herbert is more talented than Dak Prescott. He has a bigger arm. And Kellen Moore can work with that. And they have some of the pieces of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and whatnot to get this offense to operate. Now there will there will be. They will be in a market for another running back because I don't think Austin Eckler, they're gonna be able to talk him into coming back. But this the Austin the the Justin Herbert Kellen Moore duo will be fine, I believe. And why is this defense always allowing a lot of yards? They talk a lot too. To cost their team. I believe that the Chargers, I believe that the Chargers, it could go either either or this offseason. They can either get worse or they could get better. Now, now, if the coaching don't get better, I don't think they have much of a hope to do anything. But that's neither here or there. Neither here or there. We've reached the time of the year where madness knows no boundaries, no time limit or time zone. Things change pretty much every day and every hour. We're talking about free agency madness, which I like to call March Madness, but in honor of NCAA, it's all March Madness. A lot goes on in the month of March where everybody's emotions comes out in some of the most... in funny ways possible. Twitter. But let's discuss free agents. And first things first, Aaron Rodgers and his dramatics will be fat in fact playing for the New York Jets. They just need to work for work the things out and get him traded there. After a very long and exasperating process. When I tell you long and exasperating, y'all don't understand. And he's been and has been a lot. Well, this off season, I can attest that it there has been quite a bit of misinformation and disinformation being spread. So it's kind of hard to know the truth from the. Lies and from the fibs and from clickbait material. So I do give Aaron Rodgers that. But he did string along two franchises for this map for, for so long. And he was prepared to do it for a for a while longer as well. With the four day retreat. He was 90% leaning towards retirement. Huh? You was gonna leave 60 million dollars on the feet on on the wire? That didn't make any sense to me. And Titans new, the Tennessee Titans new G- general manager, game management, whatever GM, Rand Carthon, Carthan, Carthon, whatever is cooking. And I would like to tell my former, my former, my my Titans fans that they need to be supportive and patient. But of course not. And Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons for the last time is not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think. Derrick Henry, I'm a little shaky about, but Jeffrey Simmons, I know they're going to pay him. I'll go riot. I'll drive up 65. No, I'll drive up 75, 24 and 65 and go riot. And Ramsey in Miami makes minimal, to me, and it's not me being a hater. Ramsey in Miami makes minimal difference. He's been torturable since last year. Actually, the last two years. But really, he's been vulnerable since the end of last year. He's still got it. He's still get that dude. He's still top of the market. But here's the thing. That team does not run through his defense. That team runs through Tua, and it definitely runs through Tua's health at this point. And Lamar Jackson and his contract situation is going to get a lot more messy in the coming few days, weeks, and months. Because they don't have to trade him. He, they can make him play, pay on that 32 something million restricted free agency tag. They can make a play on that. But I feel like this is reaching a point of no return. Slowly and surely, again, there's a lot, there's been a lot of misinformation on this on this particular contract situation as well. So when it comes to like this this contract situation, I'm not believing anything until I see it until it's official official. I'll go on the NFL Instagram page and check it. If it don't make that, I know it didn't happen. And I believe that Derek Carr to the Saints is a solid move. I'm glad that Jameis decided to stay on the roster for whatever apparent reason. It is a solid move. Now, can they stay healthy? The Saints just lost a plethora of defensive talent. That's going to be some shock. That's, that. There's going to be some holes to fill now. And I believe that they'll do it. But there's, they have some holes to fill. And I believe that offensively they got some talent. Yes, they need another running back. They're not going to have, I believe they won't have Alvin Kamara for the first few games of the year. He's fighting a legal matter. Not going to touch on that. And as far as general managers doing good things, whatever, Terry Fortnite and Arthur Smith caught a lot of flank last year because of how it ended up. But y'all got to understand, these things take time. They have to pay 40, Matt Ryan $40 million worth of dead cat money. They finally got that off of their books. So, he's also cooking stuff up down there. They're prepared to hand Desmond Ritter the reins. As far as I know, this is Desmond Ritter's team. Falcons fans, you're going to have to deal with it. Deal with it or find somebody else to watch. Period, point blank. And the Panthers gained the top number one overall pick even though rumors are swirling that they're willing to trade down, which is great for the future. I don't want Frank Wright to do what he got, to do what he do, to do what he did that got him fired in Indianapolis, which is he operated a quarterback carousel. And what do I always emphasize when I'm talking about head coaching and hot seats? Quarterback carousels will get a head coaching, head coach fired. Period. And now, the Eagles are hitting uncertainty. They have lost both coordinators. They've also lo- lost a slew of key pieces, and they have cut this Darius Slay. So defensively, this won't be the same team. I don't think. Now, unless N'Kobe Dean and Jordan, Jordan Davis are what they were supposed to be, and they can take some, and this year, they, next year, they can really take off. This won't, defensively, this won't be the same team. Stefan Gilmore on the other side of Trayvon Diggs is a great move. It will most likely end up with Diggs getting paid. Because now you have to look at it. Am I going to throw at Diggs or am I going to throw at Gilmore? I'm taking Diggs, pick. Get money. Like the Cowboys, I do agree with Jerry on this one. This was a great move. This was a great move. Now, Indy should have kept him as long as they should have, should have kept him. But now, when they're doing these type of moves, they're trying to get some cap cap space. They're trying to get under the cap a little bit more. And TikTok Boy is now in the Patriots. I'm talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, and I don't think that he'll be doing much TikToking around like that. Again, Jimmy G to the Raiders is a talent-wise lateral move, but chemistry-wise, schematic-wise, it's a great move. He understands McDaniels in the system and schematically fit better, is a better fit in their plans. Baker to the Bucs is a good competitive move if they want to stick with Kyle Trax. But again, Baker is becoming a journeyman. I would like to say that for as far as a first-round pick in expectations go, he was a bust. <laughs> but Baker Mayfield in to the Bucks. They need a quarterback. They're also significantly, still significantly over the cap, so they're going to shed contracts. They're rebuilding, so we don't know what they're going to do. And Ezekiel Elliott's release is em- was imminent in my eyes. Anybody with some common sense should have told, could have told y'all. His production does not match his price tag right now. They're going to get rid of him. And Tony Pollard had taken the reins, clearly. But now it's a risk because Tony Pollard had that injury. Period, point blank. And there's some more stuff, but we'll address that on next week's edition of George Sports Stories. (laughs) This is not football related, but this is an announcement regarding to the direction of the show. So I would like to announce that after next week's episode, actually next week's episode will be starting season two of George Sports Stories, where we will be talking about the NBA playoffs and the WNBA as well. And you guys can catch me on the Sports Empire Network on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I've joined them. They're my new sports family as well. So, yeah. That's been kind of like my announcement. But we'll be going into dissecting into basketball season, the playoffs, like 2.0, because I usually don't cover basketball during football season because it can get to be a bit much. But we'll be doing basketball this year, talking about the playoffs, the WNBA and we'll also be covering more of the NFL free agency. So stick around for the next season of Jory Sports Stories. We've reached the conclusion of another edition of Jory Sports Stories. And once again, I would like to thank you all for listening and following along with me today. Join us next week as we kick off season two, as we break down the AFC East, we look up, look towards the end NBA playoffs and more. As always, if you like what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. Follow us on social media for more updates. Stick around, tune in next week, and you can you guys can check me out on the sports net on the Sports Empire network. Thank you all for tuning in this week. See you guys next time.